Hey, listen, 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 man. Listen, man. I don't know how many of you people believe in astrology. Yeah, that's right. That's right, baby. I, I am a Sagittarius. The most philosophical of all the signs. But anyway, I don't believe in it. I think it's a bunch of bullshit myself. But I'll tell you this, man. i tell you this. I don't know what's going to happen, man. But I want to have my kicks before the whole shithouse goes up in flames. All right. All right.
really weird. Uh, that was Island Fever, a band on uh, Bandcamp with a track called Dime Piece, the Yosef Kenu remix. I'd uh, like to welcome you again to the show. Hopefully uh, you'll enjoy yourself. I don't really have an overall plan today. Uh, just sort of playing some records that I've got in the mail. Bunch of stuff in front of me. Uh, trying to play some upbeat tracks before I get into the weird. Because uh, it's snowing in Denver. It's cold again. It's one of the... A new group called Hypernatural. Hypernatural has been formed by uh, one of the members of Cut Copy, Dan Whitford. They're still making music as Cut Copy, but this is a collaboration between him, Mike Gamwell, and Mirko Vogel. They just released an album on uh, Bandcamp. That seems to be where... A lot of people are promoting their music. I'm able to buy vinyl di directly from an artist, and they see the proceeds. They see the money directly. Um, so it's a self-titled album called Hypernatural. I will be playing more music for them, uh, from them for sure. So uh, I'll have some tracks coming up here from... Uh, Sheila E, of course, and uh, I got a whole stack of Toro y Moi, and then for the weird part, I've got someone called Joe Meek that I want to introduce you to. Uh, music that's been weird and cool isn't new to the world, and it's not new to to the current age, so... Hopefully you'll you'll discover all this with me as I'm just listening on a Sunday. Uh, so without further ado, let's play uh, Love Bazaar.
sissy strut. I'd like to thank uh, my friend Ian, my compañero de casa. About 20 years ago, I met Ian in Guadalajara. We were roommates when we were both studying Spanish and both from the Denver area. He was telling me about uh, that's the kind of funk he's into. So that's the meters and sissy strut. So shout out to Ian. Uh, I think that all of you may be interested in the, the next character I'm about to describe. His name is Joe Meek. Now, in the early 1960s, he was the first independent record producer in England, which means, you know, he, he worked out of his house. And when I say he worked out of his house, he had the drummer in one room, maybe the rhythm guitar guy in that room, too. In the living room, you would have uh, the horns, and in the bathroom, you would have the singer because you have good uh, <laughs> sort of sound and reverb. And he would wire all this stuff up. But this was his home studio. And uh, he was experimenting with what we now call echo, delay, and compression in music. And distortion, too. So this is around the time when a lot of instrumentals and what people you know, call like driving guitar music or surf guitar music. Um, less of a focus on a singer. And I'm noticing a whole lot of similarities with... Uh, modern electronic music so uh in 1962 in july they launched a satellite called telstar and i don't know who they is maybe it was england or some international community whatever the satellite would broadcast real-time um video like news broadcasts in between the continents and this was new so you could see something that was happening whether it be a presidential speech or sports or you know a war which we can all maybe we're taking for granted all the information that we get in real time this blew this guy's mind he was an interesting character to begin with because he was a record producer but he couldn't play any instruments and he couldn't whistle and the way he would describe for the musicians to play something would be more of a humming. So it'd be like, and, you know, musicians who work for a living were like, uh, okay, uh, let me try to figure that out. And he wasn't the, you know, the most patient person or uh, level-headed. Um, maybe if you learn more about Joe Meek, you'll, you'll get into that. But he couldn't even play an in, uh, the piano because... When he was a child, he found a phosphorus grenade. Uh, the phosphorus was out of it, and I guess white phosphorus is actually yellow in color, and it's like a powder. He had some on his hands, and he clapped his hands, and it made like a pop, like a, a pop gun cap, you know. Uh, he thought that was so cool that he caked his hands in the stuff and clapped his hands harder, and he, he almost like blew his hands completely off. So because of that hand injury is why he wasn't uh, able to play an instrument. But uh, he was an interesting character and very influential in music. One of the reasons he's not talked about very much is ultimately he uh, murdered his landlord and himself. And, um, well, le let me just play the song that came to his head he had to describe to his uh, musicians who were uh, later to be known as the Tornadoes. And this is the song called, uh, let me make sure that I get all the, the right mixer up and everything. 
uh, Telstar after the satellite. So at the beginning and the end of the song, you'll hear sort of where he's experimenting with weird sounds. And the main instrument is a sort of a precursor to uh, a synthesizer. It's not a synthesizer. It's a monophonic uh, machine called the Clavoline. And it was invented in Paris, but it's got a really kind of out of tune, weird sound, and you can do different vibrato. But it's only one sound at a time, uh, monophonic. So this is Telstar from 1962 by the Tornadoes.
Trekkers and Night of the Vampire. That's produced uh, by Joe Meek as well. And before that was Santo and Johnny with a track called Dream. You might remember their song Sleepwalker, uh, but I thought I would play something a little different from them. They play, it's a steel guitar, sort of lays on a table, looks like a guitar laying in a box. And usually associated with like country western music or you know, things like that. But uh, at the time, those were two, I don't know, 15, 16-year-old brothers who were making all that music that was um, kind of spooky and nice to dance with uh, your lady with. So, And I thought that mixed well with the Tron soundtrack, Son of Flynn. Why? Because I just bought it. And um, that's why. Because, I don't know, that's the way my mind works. So we will move on from that track to, again, going back to the album Purple Noon by Washed Out. This is a song called Time to Walk Away. Right. 
Big love. 
Жужжам руку коню, Thank everyone for tuning in to the show. That was Boban Petrovic. He's from the former Yugoslavia. That's a track called Raspust i Kraj. Um, I really like how his voice plays along with the guitar, and they're like uh, 
sort of interacting together more than maybe maybe it's just me anyway so before that track i had bliss nova and uh a song called different and before i leave you today uh, i did want to say thank you um to everyone who's been sending me messages or comments that does mean quite a bit you know i'm trying to do this for fun it's uh not for any kind of profit i i do have an obsession honestly with finding new music i'm always listening to it and then my compulsion is to find the best of what i'm listening to and uh put it out there see see if other people like it um i don't know why I, i've always gotten a kick out of uh turning people on to new music different kinds of music and i know i haven't been the best on the microphone but I'm working on it. We got some new equipment. Besides the frog in my throat, uh, I've got a new um, microphone that's supposed to help everybody hear me better. I've had a problem with the mixer where the, the mic channel does not go through uh, the USB to the computer. So no matter what I was saying, wasn't getting recorded. Uh, I do love my turntables. We're using uh, Techniques SL1200. And the SL1210, which is basically the black version, and they're both MK2s. Probably 40-year-old turntables at this point, and they work amazing, and I love them. I will not get rid of them, even though I just purchased a Pioneer XDJ700 uh, that plays, you know, I guess digital files not every band is putting out everything on vinyl and the cdjs are skipping sometimes and uh, i have more access to a library and there's a whole bunch of other features on that but i will say as someone who's played records for quite a long time the difference between playing records and a digital file when you play a record in my opinion the way i do anyway is you're sort of uh you're listening to the whole song in its entirety you're not changing it of course you can mix it with something else and create something different that's not what i'm talking about but when you're playing something on a digital player you have so much control over the song that you can get lost in creating something new which is great uh creation and opportunities at creation are great, but I will say that the show that I make is based on the what I have at hand, the vinyl that I have on hand. And if everything I had was digital, it would be like when you're browsing Netflix and Amazon or whatever, and it's this endless, uh, you get overwhelmed of the things that are good, you know that are good, oh, I've heard that before. And that's where I end up with digital playing, you know, where it's uh, sort of the constraint of having the tools of your trade, which in my opinion is vinyl that is uh, hard, harder to find and really rewarding to find when you find something new. Uh, so that's why I'm going to stick with vinyl. One last thing I, sh I should mention is that I donated some vinyl to a YouTube channel that goes by the name of Oddity Archive, the Oddity Archive. Now, he does a lot of 
really uh, strange videos, you know, this one in particular was, I found some, some records that had subliminal messages on them. One was uh, how to make your breasts bigger, and another was uh, how to be more sensual, and that was underneath the song Bolero, where some guy was just saying the word sensual, 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 underneath the song Bolero. Uh, so tune in to the Oddity Archive. The name of the episode, I believe, is uh, Vinyl Potpourri number three. Uh, ben Minot is the host of that channel. No one knows what he looks like. He always uh, broadcasts from behind a cardboard box with just his eyes showing, and I find his show absolutely intriguing. He's also a musician. I will be playing um, the theme song to the Art of the Archive on another episode. He gave me per permission to do that. So uh, with that, again, thank you, everyone. Hopefully everything sounded good to you. Um, and if you're still here, again, uh, I'm going to leave you with... Oh, sorry. Uh, here, I keep going again. I, I'm still talking. The information on Joe Meek... Uh, I got a, a kind of a hard-to-find CD called It's Hard to Believe It, The Amazing World of Joe Meek. And if you look on the IMDb, there is a film uh, about Joe Meek. Uh, Kevin Spacey's in it, but he doesn't play Joe Meek. He plays someone else. Uh, it is a, a film that is hard to watch. It's very interesting, but it's one of those that uh, it's very manic. People are shouting a lot. Um, but if you're interested in the story that I told you, that's another direction you can go. Uh, more information on, on him also came from a book I'm reading called The Golden Age of Rock Instrumentals by Steve Otfinowski, which has led me down a huge rabbit hole of music that we're going to be playing here on the show uh, from groups like The Ventures and... Uh, Ooh, let's see, Booker T and the MGs, tons more. So, okay, finally I'm leaving you. But I'm leaving you with uh, some words from the man Jordan Peterson about how he feels about music. And uh, I like the way that he expressed it. He did, um, he did get a little emotional at the end. Uh, but I want you to listen to it because it, I think it is also the way I feel about music. With that, I, I hope you all uh, have a good snowy day. If, if you are in the snow, if not, you should be because it's not fair. So here, here's Jordan Peterson on music, and I'll see you next time. So let's think about what music is. First of all, it's, it's a pattern. So non-pattern music is noise. It's a pattern. But then it isn't one pattern. It's multiple patterns layered on top of one another in a harmonious manner and in a manner that indicates in some sense communication between all the patterned layers because they have to go together and so what's the world well the world's made of objects it's like no it's not it's made of patterns so music is just like the world because the world's made of patterns and then music has layered patterns that are all moving together in a harmonious manner. And so what do you do when you hear that, especially if it's got a beat? Well, then you move your body. And you want to, right? The music calls to you to move your body. So now you're moving your body in sync with the patterned 
layers of the world. That's meaning. And then there's more to it. So that's so cool. Is music is an analog of the structure of existence itself. And it calls to you to take part in that. And then, so maybe you dance by yourself, or maybe even better, you dance with someone else. And so then you both bring your bodies into this patterned relationship with this multi-layer harmony together in a spontaneous way, indicating that you can both play and are therefore potentially trustworthy future mates. That's unbelievably cool. And birds dance. It's not just human beings, you know. So this is a deep thing. And then music does something else, too. It, it puts you on the border between chaos and order. Because a boring song does exactly what you expect it to do. And, and gets dull very quickly. And an unlistenable song is so random you can't follow it. And so what you want is predictability with a leaven of unpredictability. And then that puts you right on the edge. That's the zone of proximal development. Vygotsky discovered that. Like a Hendrix song. Yeah, yeah like a Hendrix song. Well, any great music does yeah, that. But I mean, I've Hendrix been, has so much creativity inside the structure of the song. Because mm -hmm. there's riffs that he'll Right, do. right, right. And everyone right. loves... Oh, man, I went to this yeah. bar in Nashville. Uh, this band was playing Kelly's Heroes. A great guitarist. Best guitarist I've ever seen. And they were playing old country music with a heavy blues rock uh, twist. So they do this great version of... Uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky, it's 15 minutes long, and mm. this brilliant guitarist just goes way out on a limb. And everybody in the crowd, it's so, it was so fun to be there. They're just thrilled to death because they're watching this man doing the same thing that surfers do. He's like dancing on the edge of chaos and order in this virtuosic manner. And everyone is so taken by that that it just lifts them out of the normality of their existence. You know, they see this joy just transfuse them. And that's because they got an intimation of genuine meaning. And, it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's not amenable to rational criticism, which is the thing that I thought that struck me as so miraculous about music and why it has this element of salvation. It's like it puts you directly in touch with the meaning that sustains you in life, directly. And it shows you what that would be, which is something like to observe the harmonious interplay of the patterns of being stacked on top of one another, and then to bring yourself into alignment with that, which is what yogis strive to do, and what disciplined athletes strive to do, and what we celebrate in athletics, and it's all a reflection of the same thing. And that's real. It's real, that meaning. 